Seven minutes it is before the uh, top of the hour and uh, we're taking a look at uh, the uh, top business stories that are moving markets uh, at uh, the start of uh, this new week. And Snesipo, uh, uh, I'm quite interested, I guess, in what's happening there at uh, Famous Brands. I mean, uh, not so good, uh, I guess, a story coming out of the uh, United Kingdom offering there, the Gourmet Burger Kitchen. Uh, they've closed down a few stores and... Um, continue to try and restructure those operations, but are doing so in a tough operating environment uh, with uh, all that is happening with Brexit. But uh, before we get to that, let's maybe take a look at uh, how they fared in the domestic market here in South Africa. Uh, they did well in ESO. Remember, ESO, they, did, they grew marginally. They grew 6%, which is inflation. But what's very interesting was that if you look at their results, their premium brands, i.e. the their cashes and uh, v, 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 O, uh, Keg, Vivotello, actually, mm. Vivotello, and others, they climbed by 44%. Mm. And their other brands climbed by 5%. So if you look, if you add that, it means that, it actually means that if you, if you aggregate that, it actually means that their other businesses, their more average banks didn't do so well. Added to that, their manufacturing business, uh, Lambert Bay Foods, uh, saw 39% fall in revenue. Hmm. And then there's also the fact that they, you know, the, the UK thing, you know, the UK thing. <laughs> God knows, Lord, your teeth go. I, I, I can't even give you the, I can't even give you the strategic national. They were killing it in Dancy, and you know. A couple of years ago, Makupe two billion. They've had to write down eighty-seven four million, and mm. most likely they're going to write down even more because if you think about it, rand pound exchange rate, even yeah. add those things, <laughs> guys. I guess this is another example, Snesipo, of what happens uh, to South African businesses when they get itchy feet. I mean, they join a long list of other South African uh, firms that have gone to the UK and come back with their tails between their legs. Dude, I laugh about it all the time. I, I, I genuinely laugh about it. I was like, come land them down because your business is working here without zero effort. You then decide that uh, because your business, let's be honest, fast food. The business force of fast food is built on exploitative labor because it's cheap labor, maintaining, it's very, very cost constrained. Hmm. And their size means that they are quite one of the dominant players besides Chicken Lincoln and um, KFC, you know. They, they fall right behind them. Life is good. What makes you believe on God's green earth that you can replicate that? You might see the guys of Nando's have done well. Have done well. But they also trialed an error for a while. They're only now starting to reap the fruits of their success. It wasn't an automatic. You start thinking to yourself, it's an overzealous ability of thinking of your ability. Mm. I, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly don't know. I even asked myself, what were they thinking? Aish. Let's take a look at another story now, Snesipo, which I, you know, I think for me has extensive geopolitical significance. Uh, that copyright amendment bill, and many of our listeners would be familiar with it because we had a, an extensive conversation a few Thursdays ago in our dialogue about this particular amendment bill. It seems now that it's caught the attention and the ire of uh, the uh, Trump administration in the United States, which has placed South Africa 
on uh, what is called in the U.S. a GSP, Generalized System of uh, Preferences, or a review of a Generalized System of uh, Preferences. And we know South Africa benefits uh, from preferential access uh, for its uh, vehicles, wine, fruits, and other goods uh, into the United States market. And it seems now that um, if indeed President Sir Ramaphosa signs the uh, Copyright Amendment Bill, that uh, the United States could potentially revoke some of this preferential treatment and uh, the impact, according to some reports, would be to the tune of about 12 billion rand uh, in export value. I remember we talked about this. I think we, it was a couple months ago in your prior lifetime. I was like, Donald Trump is reviewing all the agreements. I don't think it has to do specifically with a copyright amendment bill. Well, no. Decibel, this one specifically, and uh, let, let me maybe go back to it. This one specifically uh, is a GSP review for two countries, one being South Africa for intellectual property uh, protection and enforcement issues, and then Azerbaijan for uh, worker rights and concerns. So, yes, there is an ongoing review, but this particular one has, I guess, been sparked by uh, some of the concerns that uh, studios and record companies in the U.S. have about uh, what the impact of uh, the Copyright Amendment Bill is going to be for them. Yeah, so... <laughs> Okay, so from my understanding, I stand to be corrected. I stand to be corrected. My understanding is that it has a potential to decrease the operating margin, the copyright amendment bill, because people would not have to be required to pay for royalties. Mm, mm. That's my, my understanding of it. Now, my question being is that, so that's why I was like, I, I'm not trying to, I understand that our film and media industry is not of a significant size they would hurt. I, we're not that big for them to have been concerned about this. <laughs> because the problem is that the review, the review for me, it's not the film sector that I'm worried about. It's the other industries that we benefit from, specifically the wines, the steel, those ones would be significantly hurt. Mm. The size of our entertainment industry, that's how I was like, I'm, I'm of, I, I, that's why I stand on the coaching. Although I get Phil signing the copyright amendment bill, I, I'm not 100% sure that it, it, it is solely to trigger this because the fact is our entertainment industry and our contribution, our entertainment industry, does to the balance sheet and the P&L for the U.S.-based entities is small. Mm. I guess I guess there's a, a big part of this debate is around this issue of fair use, um, which uh, really isn't, uh, I guess, a market share issue, but uh, more about repetitive use and uh, how royalties are paid uh, for repetitive licensing and, uh, you know, repetitive use of uh, not only music, uh, films, but all manner of other copyrights. Because we do know that uh, there's uh, copyrights that even extend uh, into other areas of public life that aren't necessarily related just to... Um, Issues of content. Yes, I do. I, I see where it's going with. It. I know it's not just the thing that I know it's not just TV mm. and uh, music. I know when it looks at copyright, there is a lot of written work mm. that is not very popular, but is of. But it is there is some value in it. It's just that he, I can't get over that. Marketer who would be kissing with Donald Trump this much. I'm not sure if it's a maybe a strategy. It's a, it's, 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 a, it's a strategy to not pay. It's a strategy to mm. pressure so not to sign. Because when I say we're minute in their world, we are really minute 
it is not we are not even through the other areas through the full publishing value chain yeah do you think this is a geopolitical play uh, and uh, i guess a response to the recent seeming closing up of uh, president sara ramaphosa to uh, vladimir putin I, I, like the that I, I refuse to believe, I honestly, like, that's why I, I stand to be corrected. That for me, if I have to look at it, I cannot believe that our entertainment, that copyright thing, we're 0.01% in their lives. We do not, it is not that significant which would invent their business model. And firstly, if you look at the, if you look at the value chain, it works through licensing and through franchise agreements. A lot of it is governed through there because the guys don't necessarily all have a significant, they own, the U.S. parent doesn't always all the time own a shareholding in the SA-based operation. Mm, mm. So I, when I look at it from a numbers perspective, maybe it's geopolitical because for me, because for me, this was announced on Friday. Remember this week, uh, the next coming weeks, they're sitting down, the U.S. and China are sitting down, and there's always the issue of the Russians because one of the things as you know, IRPA to ET that we're de- we're going to be extending Kubik and things like nuclear. You only have sure. four countries in the world who, who do nuclear. You know the US, you've got the French, you've got the Russians. And so I think that there are other factors. Copyrights. But I, you know, you can hear what I'm saying, if I'm making sense. Mm, no, no, I hear you. And uh, as... As is often the case, and uh, I guess you know, I was making a similar input earlier on this afternoon at a different platform, that uh, trade policy is often used uh, to solve what I guess can't be solved geopolitically across the table and all manner of other fora. And I guess the Copyright Amendment Bill happens to be the bullet about Dublangayo in this case. But let's shift away from that, Snezibo, uh, slightly. We know the medium-term budget policy statement's coming up on Wednesday. Any expectations on your end here? And... Uh, uh, I guess, you know, many people uh, accepting that uh, Tito Mbowin is going to be delivering this one in a seemingly constrained environment. All I want to know, I was on another platform, and I was like, all I want to know is the number for ESCOM and the terms. That is all we need to know. We know it's already 59 billion gone, but what is the number, the overall number? Because that's what Moody, folks like me and Moody's will be asking ourselves. What is the number? Hmm. And also, how are they with revenue collection? Is are we going to have a shortfall? How well, much? Is- I don't know, man. If uh, the utterance is coming out of the receiver of revenue, or anything to go by, uh, we're going to have a shortfall, and uh, that's what uh, consensus estimates are. Uh, and if indeed, Snezibo, that shortfall does happen, and we know nothing's really going to change much on the expenditure side, or probably. Uh, all of the things we could have cut that had any significance potentially might have been cut, and uh, maybe we left with some of the more politically sensitive things. Uh, but if indeed there's no cuts on the expenditure side, uh, what should make up for that shortfall? Are we going to borrow uh, more? Uh, what's so, so we're going to borrow. Remember um, a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember the date, we raised 5 billion euro. So we yes. went to borrow. Yes, yes. So, yes. That, so we went to borrow a lot of money. <laughs> Five billion euros, so we can do the math there. So we've gone to borrow, right? And the question is, are we going to borrow even further? Because mm. for me, my issue with our borrowing is that we're borrowing for expenditure. We're not borrowing. Yeah. We're not borrowing to grow, mm. and that's also my issue with ESCOM because eventually, when you're borrowing to, it's like the the the, the principle of if you're borrowing to buy bread, where the cycle is going to keep going. Mm. 
and it's not go- it's going to turn and it's going to get worse. Because if you start to buy for bread, you're going to borrow for water, and then when will it stop? As if we're going to have to leave it there. You know, when Kumbuza, uh, the uh, CFO, uh, saying uh, to me, I think a few months ago, saying, uh, in simple terms, what is happening here is that we've taken out another credit card to pay off another credit card. Um, no, that's exactly what's and I going think, on. And I think that's exactly what many of us ought to anticipate on Wednesday. I'm certainly cautiously optimistic. But uh, I guess maybe the caution overrides the optimism. Snezibo, we'll have to leave it there. So I'm uh, always a pleasure catching up with you. Cool, cool. Later. Thank you. Cheers. That there was uh, Snezibo Manindra. She's an independent analyst and a market commentator, helping us uh, to wrap up uh, the big stories in the world of business that were moving markets at the start of this new week.